0: What's going on Dolphins fans Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins today second episode for Tuesday September 29th 2022 it's game day and we're talking about a a formulating a game plan to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati for Thursday night football you are locked on Dolphins your daily Miami Dolphins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's going on, everybody? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. It's game day here on Locked on Dolphins Thursday Night Football. Dolphins in prime time. Obviously, very exciting opportunity for the Dolphins uh, to push their record to 4-0, which we're not counting, but would be the first time that that feat has been achieved for the Dolphins franchise since 1995. Quarterback Dan Marino head coach Don Shula. Uh, No big deal, right? So, uh Appreciate you guys checking out Locked On Dolphins, uh, your team every day. We don't just say it, we love it. Make sure you check out the crossover Thursday episode that already ran this morning with our friends over at Locked On Bengals looking at this matchup. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if their score is more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10x your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So, our objective here, and obviously, this, this show is going to have a little bit of a short shelf life. And that's kind of the way it goes when you play on Thursday after a marathon game on Sunday and got to go through the tape. And I, I don't have the same luxury. As the Dolphins staff did to uh, dive right into Cincinnati, right, you know, and, and when it's on the short week, everybody kind of understands. Okay, we're kind of kind of gloss over recapping the week that was. We get to dive right into preparations for the next team, that being the Cincinnati Bengals. The three and O Dolphins visiting the one and two Cincinnati Bengals. There's a lot on the line here for both teams. I think for Miami, this is an exclamation point opportunity for Cincinnati. You know, slow start, lost a game they should have won against Pittsburgh. Um, lost against Dallas, really struggled with pass protection, and then beat up on the New York Jets a little bit in a game that, uh, kind of serves as a get right opportunity in Cincinnati looking to climb back to two and two and kind of reset their season going into October. So, a lot on the line here. Important notes for the Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga expected to play, wide receiver Jalen Waddle expected to play, offensive tackle Teron Armstead expected to play. Um, Kind of the vibes have been good all week and it's since come out this morning. The expectation across the board is that we are going to get all three of those players playing for the Miami Dolphins. The other thing before I kind of get into, you know, schematically both sides of the football here is kind of the uh, walkthrough scandal that came yesterday where. Dolphins did a walkthrough at University of Cincinnati Stadium, and apparently it's an open-air stadium with street access that you can see down into the field. And Somebody recorded a a handful of plays of the Dolphins walkthrough and posted them online, and it's kind of become this this huge thing. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I could not. I'm physically incapable of caring less about having six plays from the walkthrough posted online. At the end of the day, it comes down to players making plays. Understanding the Shanahan-style offenses, their passing concepts, depending on the leverage of the defenses, the routes change. That's kind of the whole point, you know, so that there is no such thing as the proper route leverage to play against this concept because the landmarks on the routes change to afford proper spacing and access to be able to continue to throw the football. So, um and if you if you lose against Cincinnati on Thursday night, it, it will not be because six plays from the walkthrough got posted. No, at the end of the day, I don't know if that was if they were walking through opening script stuff. I don't know if they were working on their third down stuff. I could tell you it wasn't goal line stuff, it wasn't red zone stuff. Uh, I have a feeling it was not a lot of essential game situations. And this kind of comes down to understanding how a play sheet's made, right? You'll have different sections of your play sheet as an offensive play caller that are dedicated to okay. Is it third and short, three or less? Is it third and mid, four to seven? Is it third and long? Is it third and extra? You know, and you've got a menu of plays for each one of those game situations that you could call ad nauseum uh, throughout the course of the flow of the game. You know, red zone, mid red zone, looking to convert situationally. Just There's so much more to it than just, you know, Oh, I recorded six plays, six consecutive plays from the walkthrough. I got the whole scheme No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And like, is it BS that it happened? Yeah. Is it annoying that it happened? Yeah. But I'm I'm here to tell you guys if the Dolphins lose the game tonight, it's not gonna be on account of some University of Cincinnati Schmo standing up there posting account or posting six plays to his Twitter account. It's not gonna be the reason the Dolphins win or lose the game. Uh, There is a lot of execution that is going to be determining factors. However, you know, I look at this Cincinnati team, and uh, they endured a big loss this week with nose tackle DJ Reader. That is a huge loss for Cincinnati up front defensively. Uh, Their front has a couple of good pass rushers in Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Uh, B.J. Hill, their other interior defensive lineman, is a good player. Uh, But DJ Reader is kind of the straw that stirs the drink up front. He's a chaos creator, and his push inside paired with Hendrickson off the edge is a really nice one-two punch. Uh, I don't necessarily lose a lot of sleep over the linebacker room. Uh, Logan Wilson, McKean Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey. uh, I believe Jermaine Pratt is injured. Uh, The secondary, Chidobe Awuzie and Mike Hilton are really good players. Uh, Jesse Bates at free safety is a standout player. Uh, We've obviously heard the buzz about Eli Apple. And Tyreek Hill, and Apple, a part of the team last year in Cincinnati that got hot at the right time of year and made a playoff run and ended up playing for a Super Bowl. Um, I, I do think that's an advantageous matchup. I think Von, Mel, Von Bell, the other safety in coverage, is an opportunity to get excited. Uh, the, the guys over at Locked On Bengals tease this might be a chance to see first-round pick Daxton Hill. Uh, if indeed that is the case, he gives them a whole different element of speed to the secondaries of 4-3 flat guy. But he's inexperienced, and he's kind of been on the shelf to start the year. So that's defensively the personnel. Uh, DJ Reader, probably their best. He's, he was playing the best respective football at his respective position of any player on the Bengals' defense to start the year through the first three games. It's a huge loss for them up front. Offensively, uh, I look at the offensive line. Jonah Williams, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, their starting five. Remember when we were all up in a tizzy about Lyle Collins uh, not being a member of the Miami Dolphins? I watched all three of the Bengals games to start the year, and we should be thanking our lucky stars. Lyle Collins is not on this football team with how poorly he has played to start the season. That's not to say he's not going to get on track, but he has played poorly. Looks stiff, looks slow, does not redirect well at all, plays high, uh, the, the Bengals will also be without one of their starting tight ends in Drew Sample. He was pra- placed on IR this week. That leaves former first round pick Hayden Hurst. The Bengals live in 11 personnel, nine out of 10 plays. You're going to see Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd on the field at wide receiver, Joe Mixon in the backfield and Hayden Hurst at tight end with a starting five offensive line. And I think about s- schematically what this team does. And this is not one of, in my opinion, this is not one of the more overly complex schematic X's and O's matchups that the Dolphins are going to face this year. It's going to come down to execution and winning your one on ones. And we're going to talk more about that, but not before I tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find, as always. BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's let's talk Dolphins' defense against Bengals' offense first. Also, this, this coming in across the wire as we are recording. Uh, Dolphins linebacker, Andrew Van Ginkle, added to the injury report questionable with an illness. Uh, But with the way Melvin Ingram, who we prayed for times like these, is your AFC defensive player of the month for September. Bless him. Melvin Ingram, making an impact. You gotta love it. Things you love to see. Uh, But uh, hoping that Andrew Van Ginkle is feeling well and is able to go tonight. Uh, But when I look at... The Bengals' offense versus the Dolphins' defense. I think a lot about the strategy that the Dolphins implemented against uh, the Buffalo Bills last week. And you, you, if you saw the clip on social media, Josh Boyer's on the sidelines talking to the defense midway through the game, saying, guys, they're getting dink and dunk and dink and dunk. That's fine. They don't want to play that way. Keep at it, and they will F it up. And that's Josh Boyer's words on the sideline to the defense. You watch this Bengals offense on tape. Boy, oh boy, do they love to get middle of the field, close coverage, so a high post safety, and take shots down the sideline to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on back shoulder throws and high point attempts in tight coverage. They li- the Bengals live in a world offensively where they say, hey, we just have really good chemistry and timing and placement, and contested catchability outside. And we're going to live in that world. And if you give it to us, we're going to go after it. We're going to try and take it and create chunk explosive plays down the field. And I think what's really huge for Miami is Miami showed last week that you can pressure and still play softer zones and get home and force a team... To microtransaction you all the way down the field and take four yards here and three yards. Here. Now they're gonna to have to tackle better than what they did against Buffalo because I think the entirety of the wide receiver core is more dangerous with the ball in their hands in the open field, Stephon Diggs being the exception. And the Dolphins, um, they they just need to find the right balance on who is who is against who. I don't love Nick Needham against T. Higgins. I don't love Nick Needham against Jamar Chase. <laughs> So play zone, make sure you're protected, give them some of those middle-of-the-field closed looks, see if you can spin to some of the Tampa 2 stuff that that Miami has had success with. But I also think there's a really good pressure situation that that the Dolphins can manipulate up front. And it's been pretty prevalent through all of the Bengals games that I have watched. Uh, When you force them into five-man protection, right? and this is not to say the Dolphins should bring six players every single time, but if you occupy across the front a defensive lineman over top of, or a defensive player over top of all five offensive linemen, and you prompt them into five-man protections, they are generally going to block the, down, the four down linemen, even if you have a backer that is walked up in an inside gap. And I think the perfect example of this happened in the second play from scrimmage against the Jets last week. The Jets walk five players, six players up on the line of scrimmage. They have the four-down lineman. C.J. Mosley is to the defensive left in the B-gap. And Quincy Williams, Quinton Williams, related to Quinton Williams, but Quincy Williams, the other linebacker, 56, is walked up over top of the left tackle, Jonah Williams. And the defensive end to that right side of the field Carl Lawson is in a wider alignment. Well, C.J. Mosley drops out, and the Bengals or and the Jets bring five defenders. They bring the four down linemen, and they bring the the linebacker that is walked up on the line of scrimmage on the inside shoulder of the left tackle, and they push the line pushes to the right, and Jonah Williams blocks the outside pass rusher instead of the linebacker that has walked up over top of him at the line and gives a free run for a 4-4 athlete directly at Joe Burrow. And it's happened enough where I'm inclined to think that is their protection rules. And if that's the case, Miami can, can bust them up up front with some of this stuff by dictating their protection rules and understanding that the left tackle should be in a situation where, okay, we're in five-man protection. They have six on the line. I am the end man. I have to gauge and dictate who is the more dangerous man between the linebacker and the defensive end. And I understand the defensive end is a more primary pass rusher, but the defensive end is three yards outside of you, and the linebacker is in your lap and runs a 4-4. You cannot step outside when your left guard steps down to help the center and And turn the linebacker free in the b gap. so that that situation where that tackle has to make that read, that's referred to as a big duel in protection, where you have to account for two players and you have to take the most dangerous of the two. And then in turn, the quarterback has to, has to understand, depending on what the how the protection steps, if both of those players come, I am hot. We do not have enough players the tackle took the outside player because he was a defensive lineman and let a player in a more interior gap run free and just clock Joe Burrow. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm paying attention. And I'm certainly putting my backers, I'm putting my defensive ends outside and I'm putting my backers in interior gaps and I'm daring them. I'm saying, go ahead, go ahead and say, well, we got to have the tackles block the defensive ends. Because those are, that's our, one of our most dangerous defenders. Not if it's Jerome Baker or Duke Riley walked up in the B-gap. You damn well better step down and block him. I'm testing that theory against Cincinnati. And Dallas did that a lot. And Dallas would start taking Micah Parsons and they put him on one side. And then they'd start playing games on the other side. Because they knew that, that Cincinnati, the center, was going to step to Micah Parsons. I don't know if the Dolphins have an individual player that can dictate the terms like that. But I'm certainly noting what, who are they going to step to? Who are they prioritizing in protection? And then I'm using my other players, and I'm using the fact that the Dolphins can populate the line of scrimmage of all these players and then can get out of there and play zone. And I'm going to test the Bengals to play patient. And I can hear some of you say now, well, oh, Kyle, I'm a little concerned. The Dolphins played a lot of snaps last weekend. Do they want to take the same defensive strategy against Joe Burrow? To which I would say this, if you tackle better, and if you're not facing Josh Allen, the Bills don't convert half of their third and fourth downs. And that being the case, the Bills probably lose 30 plays of offense. So instead of playing 90, you play 60. And you can give those other 30 back over to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins can get three more possessions in this football game than what they did against Buffalo. And when you're averaging six plays a drive, that's 18 plays, and you averaged... Six yards per play. I think the Dolphins for the season are averaging 6.2 yards per play. I'm not a math guy, but I do have a calculator sitting right here. So 6.2 times 18. It's another 115, 120 yards of offense. On top of the 212. Oh, the Dolphins got against the Bills. And uh, I think you could play a much more complimentary game. And I'm daring Cincinnati to, to live in that world again for 60 minutes. And I think their protection rules give Miami an advantage to really get after him up front. I genuinely believe that to be truth. Listen, don't be that guy on the internet, buys a really expensive engagement ring, gets down on a knee, asks the question, and a bird flies by or you drop the ring and it disappears into the abyss and and is gone forever. And you live in infamy for being the latest in engagement spoofs. Guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance, make sure you get a replacement for the full value of your jewelry, no matter the cost, if it's lost, stolen, or if you just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to bright.co slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. Looking at the Dolphins offense, I think to a, of a low it said it best. If we call a play for Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill is matched one-on-one with Eli Apple. I'm giving the ball to Tyree. <laughs> um, now you have to take your post-snap confirmation to confirm you're getting what you're seeing. And I think that's where Miami's uh, ability to, to turn to a loose and, and have him focus on the full picture of the defense as compared to uh, calling protections is huge. I think that's a major advantage to, to allow him to have better pre-snap and post-snap confirmation of the defensive sh- shell and structure. Um, but this is also a game where depending on how the game starts, I think there's an opportunity to try and get after him up front and try and wake up the run game that's kind of been dormant. And I've been forgiving for the run game to be dormant because you played the Patriots and aside of two negative plays and two kneel downs at the end of the game, you ran the ball well, you had about 4.3 yards per carry. I can live with that. But against Baltimore, you fell behind early. I understand why the run didn't happen. Against Buffalo, you were kind of chasing the game. You felt like you were a half possession behind because Josh Allen's on the other side and you're just waiting for the levy to break. And you really hope it doesn't become a two possession game at any point in the game, because if it does, that's trouble. And the Dolphins played that way. So I understand and sympathize why the last two weeks, the run game has not been a part of the piece of the puzzle. So for the Dolphins, start fast, please. Start fast. Like you did this season. You won three in a row to start the year. Hadn't happened in like six years, four years, five years. Not a math guy. Start fast and get get a score early and get a stop early. And then I think you can kind of try to dictate, and they are prime and ripe for the picking up front without DJ Reader. Because I look at the entirety of the defensive front. Hendrickson's a really good pass rusher. But if you're going to leave Trey Hendrickson and you're going to get him matched up against Teron Armstead, I'm going to take Teron Armstead for 65 plays. And he'll probably win 60. I, I, that's just the quality of, of a player that Teron Armstead is. No DJ reader means their interior, they're, the, the Bengals' interior defensive linemen are B.J. Hill, good player. Josh Tuopu, not a good player. Zach Carter, third-round rookie this year, plays high, leverage issues. And Jay Tufelli. And Jay Tufelli is a second-year player who was a fourth-round pick and already cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can get after him inside. You really can. And I would love to see Miami have an opening script that clicks and works, and they're they're able to, to push the ball into the end zone, get a touchdown early in this game, force a stop, you know, defensively, we've talked about this is a chemistry and timing based offense. So when you're one on ones up front. And disrupt the timing and the chemistry of the stuff down the field and continue to force them to play a patient 60 minutes. It is a stereotypical New England Patriots histor- historical uh, approach. The quote unquote, Ben, don't break. That's that's exactly what this is. And I'm going to pull it up. I hope you can hear the keys smacking here. Um, But under Bill Belichick, the Patriots. Want to read off uh, since since they won their first Super Bowl. In 2001, under Bill Belichick. The Patriots in defensive yards allowed. 24th, 23rd, 7th, 9th, 26th, 6th, 4th, 10th, 11th, 25th, 31st. 25th 26th 13th 9th 8th 29th 21st 1st 15th 4th and now 11th this year through three games they are pretty consistently and oh by the way they won double digit games every single year besides 2020 and 2002 then don't break it's the way that, it's the formula it's the way the formula has always been written so I'm not concerned about yards so much as I'm tightening in situational football and forcing them to make mistakes. But offensively, you know, let's have a winning script, and if the six plays that were recorded happen to be plays off your opening script, let's tweak them. Let's try to get a stop, and then I really think if you are plus a, plus a score and in possession, I want to try to run the football. Because I think that you can you can win your one on one matchups across the board against this Bengals front, and their linebackers Davis Gaither, Logan Wilson. They're not big guys. Logan Wilson had a really nice stretch down the uh, down, really nice stretch of play down the stretch for the Bengals last year, but he's not a big guy. Davis Gaither was like a 220 pound linebacker at App State. He's a third year player. Von Bell gonna play a big role for them to fit the run. Mike Hilton, the nickel corner, is a good player. Uh, But I am am putting Tyreek and Jalen in this game on opposite sides of the field because you want to be able to very quickly identify who has the matchup on Eli Apple. You want to try to dictate split safety coverages, and if you get split safety coverages because the defense, because Jalen and Tyreek are on opposite sides of the field, you will then have the opportunities to line things up and say, okay, I do want to run my one-on-ones against... Uh, A player I think we can carve up in Eli Apple, and I would agree with that assessment. Or if they give us the two high safety looks, we can run the football and they can in this game. But the script has to go right. If the Bengals score early and then you have a turnover and you're down 10 points, like it's going to be another game just like the last two weeks. Food for thought. That's my script. That's my plan to beat the Bengals, have some flexibility. Uh, as far as how the game script plays out early. But uh, th- this is not one of the more, in my opinion, complex studies. This is when you're on Win up front, disrupt the timing of the Bengals' offense, and force them to p- play patient. And I think you can get after Joe Burrow. I think their protection rules will allow you to get free runners more frequently. And for as slick as Joe Burrow is, he ain't Josh Allen. Not as far as the size, the explosive arm. You get Joe, get Joe Burrow outside the pocket. He had two interceptable passes last week against the Jets running outside the pocket, throwing on the move. We can do this. It's gut check time. Obviously, Sunday was gut check. This is round two. Gut check. Let's get through this. Let's get to 4 0. We'll enjoy the mini buy, and then we're off to MetLife Takeover and the New York Jets back to AFC East play. I'm Kyle Krabs. Hope you guys enjoyed this look at the Cincinnati Bengals and how Miami can come home with a victory tonight. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Thanks for checking out the show. Enjoy the game tonight, and go Dolphins. I'll talk to you afterwards.